What's up, everyone? Thanks for listening today. I've got an exciting podcast with a former running back in the National Football League who unfortunately was injured early on and became somewhat reliant on opiates. And as someone who didn't have any prior experience with drugs, found himself turning to cannabis uh, as a way to get himself out of the grips of opiate addiction. Um, I met this individual um, in the cannabis space, but we also talked about fatherhood um, and life and some of what he's been doing to keep himself healthy, both physically and mentally since coming out of the league. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a pretty quick podcast, but um, yeah, give it up for my buddy, Mike James. But before we get there, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Action. This is a big week for Action. But if you're not even sure who Action is, you should probably go check out the current website at drinkaction.com, and that's Action with a K, and you'll be able to find one of three flavors of specialty coffee. I should say blends. There's a light, a medium, and a dark roast, so third time's a charm. And you can get it in either a K-cup, ground, or even whole bean options. There's also a performance coffee, and that's called Amplified, and it's infused with MCT oil powder really good for clean energy. And they're in the process of releasing a number of other new products, including a product called Active, which is a full spectrum turmeric and hemp powder uh, for inflammation and all kinds of other cool things. So I would suggest going to drinkaction.com. That's action with a K and order some coffee while you wait for all this other exciting stuff to happen but definitely stay tuned. And when you go to the website, you need to make sure you use code word curious. That'll get you 10% off as well as free shipping on all of your orders. Thank you again and enjoy the podcast. Nice, nice, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good. I can't complain. I can't complain. I see you got yourself out of Florida just in the nick of time. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy there. Uh, um, come to California sometime to just um, come out here and do some rehab and some things like that and some therapy and stuff like that. Oh, that's excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here. I've uh, I've been meaning to, to connect with you on a more formal basis. Um, yeah ever since we did a, an event uh, that was kind of geared towards cannabis advocacy in the sports community. And your right. name always is the one that kind of comes up, um, especially from the NFL perspective. And I think, you know, your voice and, and your willingness to speak out on a lot of things over the years has been uh, obviously a really important part of the progress that's happened in the NFL and in so many other leagues around the world. So um, definitely want to touch on that. But you know, how, how have you been hanging in there through all this uh, craziness that's been going on in the world? Wow, man, it's, it's been it's been crazy. I've been just trying to keep my head down for the most part. But um, for me, you know, after I got done playing, um, suffered from a lot of concussions and things, I went through my own quarantine life ordeal. So I kind of now kind of seeing the world kind of shut down is, you know, it's it's kind of mind boggling, you know, to see that every to see everything going on, to see kind of where we're at in society. I mean, either with, um, 
you know, police brutality and the social injustice that's going on, you know, all these things. So, you know, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it, take it easy and uh, keep myself safe and healthy. You know? Yeah. 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 And I mean, you're a, you're, you're a father. I'm, a, I'm a recent father as well. I mean, oh, I congratulations. Think, thanks brother. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned you have a history of concussions. I mean, mm-hmm. have you, is that something you think about? Like if your son comes to you and wants to play football and you know, where your yeah. mind's going to be on something like that? Yeah, I mean, it's what's so crazy. Um, it's he already does. My oldest, he already comes to me. Dad, I want to play. Let's go outside and play in the backyard. Let's let's go out and do these things. I want to do this. I want to do that. But you know, I've been I've been cautious. You know, just because of the the violent nature of the game, and I'm I'm worried. You know that he could have or sustain injuries um, that would hurt him later on in life. So. I just been taking it easy with him, you know, just helping him understand the game. And if he loves the game, you know, when he gets a little bit older, then I wouldn't mind him playing. You know, I just want him to play in the safest way possible. But, you know, it's such a violent game. There's only so much I can do, you know. So, um, you know, it's been something that I've been asked by numerous of people. Um, and now since my son is, he's seven years old and he's getting to an age where he wants to play, he's he's asking me. But, and the good, and, and not the, the bittersweet thing with this year is uh, Little League has been canceled because of coronavirus. So, yeah. you know, that was always something that he wanted to play this year. But I was, you know, fearful as a father of him getting injured. So with this corona happening, it gives us another year to learn and develop ourselves. So yeah. I'm uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm hopefully taking it easy with him and I'm trying to put him in less non, I mean, put him in some non-contact sports, but, you know, it's up to him. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's the right approach, right? I yeah, you gotta let let them build the love for something and then not stand in the way. If it's something that he wants to do, that's that's awesome, and I think the it's the right approach. I there's a I don't know if you follow boxing at all. Uh, mm-hmm. Vitaly Lomachenko, one of the really good lighter weight boxers from uh, I think he's from the Ukraine or somewhere over in like Russia, mm-hmm. but his dad made him do dancing and ballet wow. for like six years. And mm-hmm. he's known now for having like amazing footwork, right? Just yeah, yeah. some of the slickest sense. footwork. And then you also think about the damage that he didn't take, but yeah. he was, he still was able to master the craft of boxing. He just did it from a different angle. Right. And, you know, I, I think you're going to see more of that approach. So, right. I did, and you know, there's so many stories like that um, in the NFL and throughout colleges where, you know, guys have played their only senior year in high school. They all, they never played football during their life to the senior high school and then they end up getting a scholarship or <clears throat> going on to play in the NFL. So mm-hmm. I think that makes a good point of um, a guy or any athlete not having that toll take on them at an early age, you know, could really be beneficial to them later on. Yeah, I, you bring up an interesting point I want to get your perspective on since we were mm-hmm. talking about that. Guys that kind of come into the league that didn't have a whole lot of football background because right. I've had numerous arguments with people about if LeBron James wanted to come into the league and play football, whether or not he yeah. could or he couldn't. And I laugh at that uh, notion that you couldn't just throw him in as a tight end and let him <laughs> run a, a, down the seam. Like, how is he not going to dominate every single time? Like, dude, the dude could just stick his hand up and grab the ball. Right, yeah. I mean, you know, I think with, with special athletes like LeBron, a generational talent, you know, those guys, uh, they, could, they could cross over to other sports and, and do well. You know, I think with a few tweaks here, a few training things here, I mean, if he wasn't 35 and this was maybe 
10 years ago and he was 25, I, 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 I don't, I believe in my heart that he could make some plays, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Um, Deion Sanders, uh, he played baseball and football. Michael Jordan played baseball and basketball. Bo Jackson, baseball and football. So I think the generational talents, I think they have no issue crossing over sports. So I agree with you. Yeah, I think, I mean, no offense to wide receivers, please. But <laughs> I, I remember I ran into Deshaun Jackson. And uh-huh. um, I mean, obviously he's the, he's kind of the exception with how little he is. Mm-hmm. But I remember looking at him and thinking like, okay, like, guy's got skills but he still gets hit and yep. as long as you i guess protect yourself and you put yourself in the right, right positions, yeah. you can, you can mm-hmm. last and i always i always go back to that when people be like lebron couldn't hang in the nfl and i just laugh yeah. like because because you're kidding? like guys with smaller body structures <laughs> yeah. have been successful yeah and i and i agree yeah with totally i mean that point like you said deshaun jackson or smaller any smaller athlete i mean you take a nate robinson in the nba yeah, I yeah. mean, so why can't an NFL player like Deshaun Jackson maybe play in the NBA? That's five ten or five nine because hey, Nate Robinson did it. So I, I agree. With you. The the toll from an NFL running back. By the time you get yourself into the NFL, you've you've taken so many different impacts. Yeah, you know, yeah. through high school and college, and the wear and tear it takes on your body. I mean, you're out in California right now rehabbing, just you know, just keep yourself right. healthy. Mm-hmm. I um, you know. What's 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 um, what's dawning to me is I didn't realize the totality until it um, until it slowed down, like to, towards the end. You know, what I mean, yeah. when you're young, you know, you get these, you know, you're my rookie year, sophomore. I mean, my rookie year, my second year in the NFL, you get these hits, they're dreamlike sensations. But I mean, you're not really educated on what's really happening to you. You're not really educated on um, the long term effects on what these dreamlike sensations um could um eventually do to you, you know these these hit, these hits to the head i mean you know just recently i found that you don't even need to get hit in the head to uh for a concussion to occur you know all you need is shifting of the brain when the, when the brain shifts hits up against the skull it bruises that's a concussion you know so to think how many times that's really been done um to my to my you know my head my brain structure um it's a uh it's a it's an eye opening you know fact. So you know, like we said, when we talk about my children, I, I have no choice but to think of them and don't want them to be twenty nine years old and and having anxiety attacks and yeah. you know depressed or headaches and and not able to do things for themselves um, just because you know uh, they fell in love with a game that didn't that wasn't that wasn't so forgiving. You know, so yeah. I'm doing my best to educate young players on how to um, speak up when there's an issue, when you're playing, how to play more safely, you know, taking your head out of things, use your hands, run out of bounds when you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for my children, just trying to teach them the proper way of playing the game and and being honest about injuries, you know. So yeah. I think that's, that's going to be um, somewhat of the change and, you know, from what I've been through, the things that I'm doing to try to change things. Now, do you think that the NFL will continue to adapt and change as well? I mean, I wonder in 10, 15 years, will we go back to a time where they're not wearing a helmet, where things are a little bit more spread out, where rules Mm -hmm. continue? I think, I mean, people are having anxiety attacks. Talk about anxiety. People see like, oh, my God, we're moving the where the kickoff's going to be from. Like, oh, shit. But I I mean, 
I see this kind of being like a slow move into, you know, opening things up where it's going right. to, you know, almost like a seven on seven drill. Right. And you know what? I mean, um, what's, what's, if you look at the NFL nowadays, it's definitely offensive driven, you know, the quarterbacks are protected. Um, the receivers, you know, it's a more, you know, receivers are getting big pass interference calls. It's a, it's a passing league, you know, it's a league that's driven by points. You know, people want to see touchdowns being on the board. So when you make that point of, you know, um, the, the, the field being more spread out and it being less contact and there being more excitement with um, more over the top throws and, and deeper passes and things like that. And guys playing longer than more violent, close contact hits. I, I could, I could see something like that, especially happening, especially with, you know, Corona right now. I mean, we just don't know where, where everything is headed, you know, what's the direction, you know? So I'm, I'm trying to be just like you and be open to it and, and, and just kind of take it as it comes. Yeah, man. I'm this whole coronavirus thing. It's got me bummed out, especially, I mean, you're in Tampa, you're a Tampa yep. guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was yeah. really looking forward to see what Tom could do down in Tampa. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, NFL still plays. I'm hopeful that um, these guys still um, these guys still can um, find a way to keep these players safe so they can be on the field. So I'm hoping that it all works out. So we'll see. I mean, I'm looking forward to see what the Bugs do as well. I mean, they got a, they got a very good squad. My boy Mike Evans still there. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talk, we talk um, every now and then. So I uh, I really feel like it's going to be some excitement there. And I, I remember when I was there. And, it was a good time, you know, so I only, I only expect the same thing now with it being uh, Tampa Brady. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Tampa's, Tampa's a really interesting city. It's uh, yeah, underrated city. Oh yeah. Very beautiful, man. Um, you know, from the beaches to the food, you know, from people, I mean, it's, it's a very beautiful city. You know, I think it's, it's very, I slept up now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I came across who you are. I think I mentioned it earlier from Uh cannabis advocacy. Uh And, um, you know, I, I didn't really know until I looked into your story and then I had seen you on CNN with, uh, I think it was Dr. Sanjay Gupta Uh talking about your story. And man, I, I think it's a story that can impact people in so many different ways. I mean, there's the obvious around just advocacy for cannabis and how, medical marijuana impacts people in positive ways. I yeah. think it, it speaks to football and a culture in football in general, that's probably yeah. not spoken about enough. Yeah. And I think it speaks to addiction in general, where, right. you know, whether you're an athlete who's, you know, found their way into something like that because of an injury or yeah. you're part of this epidemic in middle America where right. I mean, I, where I come from in Western Pennsylvania, man, there's yeah, people that are dying nonstop, yeah. and and a lot mm-hmm. of it is people from really good families yeah. who found their way across drugs like that because of a doctor's prescription. Right. Yeah. So I mean, to speak on that, I mean, you just covered so many great things, um, and you know, to speak about how I got into cannabis was that that exact reason. I mean, I never used when I was in college or in high school or anything like that, it wasn't until I, I'd never had surgery either. You know what I mean? So I never really experienced any drug. Um, but then when I broke my ankle and I would prescribe, you know, a plethora of drugs, 
you know, that's when I really started to understand um, the toll that it could take. Um, you know, now for me, I was a child of substance abuse. You know, my father was, you know, addicted to drugs my whole life. And I didn't really understand the toll that that took on me as well. You know, NFL players are four times more likely than the general population to become addicted to an opiate. That's for a simple fact of that is 100% injury rate. And also we have the ability to get our hands on this medicine just because, you know, we're, um, we're uh, top-notch athletes that, you know, have to produce product. You know, we have to produce mm -hmm. on the field. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, I had my experience and then I used uh, cannabis, you know, to um, to send me in a different direction to help in a more holistic way. And I really think it's given me a, a better chance at life now than I, if I would, if I wouldn't, if I would have never used. So I, I didn't realize that you had never really smoked or anything like that prior. No, never, no, never, never took, never. The only thing I did was I drank in college, but that's it. I mean, never. Never took an opiate, never, 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 never smoked any cannabis, anything. It wasn't until it it wasn't until the opiates became unbearable and I found myself already doing something I told myself that I would never be that I would never do. Mm -hmm. So and it really um, it really opened up some doors for me, you know, and not just you know, if people look at cannabis, you know, you know, it's it's a medicine for me, you know, and it's and it does so much um from a from a holistic standpoint and um you know not only that but my vestibular rehab my cognitive rehab um, my behavioral therapy that i also do all these things play a part in me you know living a um living a life that's conducive to what i want to live you know living a healthy and normal and being able to be around people being able to um um articulate my words and things of that nature you know yeah yeah, no, I always, I always say it kind of, I feel like it slows things down for me. I've always mm -hmm. been somebody who has, a, I've just, my thoughts are constantly racing and I have, yep. you know, I don't know if that's ADD, you know, or if that's what they would have classified. Whatever they want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. And uh, I just, as an adult, being able to leverage cannabis was always one of those things that gave me the opportunity to slow those thoughts down and to be actually right. able to grasp a hold of something for long enough to put my time and focus into it so right and i think it's all beneficial whatever even if it's recreational i do think you know and that's the topic we can speak on real fast because i know recreational cannabis takes a uh it kind of looked at like it's a it's like it's all you just having fun but i would tell anyone i'll say if there's a um there's a holistic medicine you can use um for recreational purposes it's almost like a form of medicine as well. I mean, they're not, they're using it to uh, comfort themselves. You know what I'm saying? And I'd rather for someone to do that than to use an opiate or to consume a large amount of alcohol. Yeah, no, man, that's yeah. the alcohol. That's the weird one, right? I mean, I, yeah, I, right? I love having to drink every once in a while. You know what I mean? It's Isn't it? That's the kicker, right? Yeah. It is. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, some, some people, unfortunately, they just can't handle that. And Right. I we gloss over that. I, I got a little pissed off the other day on a podcast and I was talking about cigarettes because it's like mm -hmm. I see all kinds of people who are trying to be helpful in this coronavirus environment right. and everybody's got an opinion and everybody wants to share this opinion. But I'm like, yo, people have been dying of cigarettes for years, man. Like oh my goodness. I look at it, 
I couldn't believe it. What are those it. numbers? Yeah. yeah Alcoholism. Was, I know, looked at the CDC the... website. It was almost 500,000 people a year in America. Wow. 400, wow. 480,000 people every year in America die from cigarette related causes. 80,000 of them from secondhand related contact. Wow. I never knew that. I never knew that neither. That's but great information. If you turn on CNN right now, you're going to see statistics about how 150,000 people die. And I don't want to minimize that. That's, yeah. that's bad. It's bad. We got a problem. We've got to solve that. But mm-hmm. I mean, bro, we're, we shut down businesses. We've got leagues right. shut down. People, yeah. are, people are afraid they've lost everything. Yeah. And I'm asking myself like, Hey, cigarettes alcohol yeah like, yeah yeah where, there's where, a, where, have, where have you been there's a lot of there's a lot of things you know and we talk about that i mean cigarettes alcohol um social injustice i mean we talk about there's so many people are dying from other things outside of just the coronavirus so i mean there's like you said man that like i i hope that um everyone including us can continue and do better at looking at the totality of things and just trying to make it better for everyone on every level and understanding that, look, you know, we, we have to um, take care of the sick. We have to help the poor, feed the hungry, you know what I'm saying? Help the less fortunate, you know, and, and all love each other. So, and I think if we can take steps to do those things and help eradicate some of these big numbers with, you know, with, um, agendas being pushed in certain fields, you know, yeah. certain, um, certain industries, you know, I think we'll do a, 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 we'll do a lot better job of making the future better for our, ourselves and our children. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I look, I, I sometimes get frustrated with how, how things like unfold. I'm like, I get really excited and I'm, I'm optimistic and then things happen and like a week goes by and I get kind of sad and depressed about right. it. Yeah. But I do think that we are living in a time with our generation where the fact that people are starting to realize that we, the people have the power, like, oh that, man, you know what I mean? I think we forget that. I, I, you know, people are talking, yeah. everything's about the government and Hey man, like they, there is no power. government without us. And yeah. we got to remember that like the government's and, here to serve us and it's not serving the government. Anybody right it now. consists of people. Yes. The people, there's people who run it. So yeah. people have the power. We have to continue to remind ourselves of that yeah. at all times. Yeah, yeah, I agree, my man. Yeah, yeah and I'm absolutely. not saying like we should, look, I don't want to come across like some crazy wacko that's saying that, like <laughs> overthrow the government, but yeah, yeah, you know, no, there's also, or anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, like let's, let's examine, like we need to look yeah. into everything. Why, yeah. what is, what's the reason for things? Because yeah. it, it all also, you know, where we're at today didn't just happen overnight either. Right. And that's where I think people don't realize, like there's a lot of rhetoric around like the constitution was written for this, that, I look, I'm, I'm a real strict, I'm, I'm probably more libertarian than anything. I'm Mm -hmm. like, leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. (laughs) Yeah. People should be allowed to do whatever they want to do as long as Mm -hmm. they're not hurting other folks. Right. Right. Agree. Agree. Like the, the current state of government, like it didn't just happen all at once. It's, it's happened in right. layers and right. in layers and it's, you, it's systematic. Yes, it, man. It's and, been, it's been, it's been put in place. There's things that have been years of this and there have been wars that have been fought. It's been strategically yep. done. History has been strategically put in place for certain things. So, I mean, there's a lot of, 
uncovering, unraveling, educating that needs to be done. And and I and I think it starts with conversations like this. It starts yeah. with even acknowledging that it needs to be done, you know? Yeah. Oh man, so, you you nailed it. Having having yeah. tough conversations, having conversations right. that people in other I mean, you couldn't have this dialogue on a no. A, you don't have more than five minutes to, you know, give your quick talking points, but right, you know, you say the wrong thing your career's ended you you know what i mean you're right and it i think all it does is it drives people further apart into their own groups of hey let's go talk to people who agree with me right right and and that and that's not how you get change no you don't you don't you don't get changed by that you know you have to you have to be open to hear others why they're that why why they think that way and, and see if there's a common ground that can be met because we all i think nobody wants to live in a uh, society full of turmoil I think everybody wants to live in peace. I think everybody, at the end of the day, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, you want to live in peace. So, and that's my goal, and that would be my my suggestion and my advice to everybody. That's what I want for for everyone. You know. No, it's very well said. It's very yeah. well said. So I, I do got to ask you, um, what, what do you have you seen or heard anything about the Pentagon releasing? these uh, statements that they've uncovered aircraft from not of this planet? No, I haven't. I, I yeah. did. I remember one time a few months ago, they was talking about um, like invading Area 52, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if you're into this type of shit, but I'm, I'm getting mm-hmm. deep. I'm like, Listen right? To me. So I'm listening. I, I'm a big, I'm big into podcasts and such. So mm-hmm. there was a guy, his name's uh, Lieutenant David Fravor. He's an Air Force or Navy fighter pilot who, like in 2004 or five, off the coast of San Diego, with a team of his other fighter jet guys, encountered some sort of craft that was looked like a tic tac, and it went from 60,000 feet in the air to the surface of the ocean in less than a second, and it outmaneuvered. Whoa. Yeah, man. And it outmaneuvered these jets. <laughs> and so like, wow. they've been supposedly seeing these things over top of nuclear facilities in the United States, um, outside of Virginia, where they're doing like Air Force training. And there's a guy by the name of Bob Lazar. If you know who Bob Lazar is in the 80s, he said, I worked at Area 51 back in the 70s. And I was a part of reverse engineering a spacecraft that we have in government possession and his he was a propulsion expert and said that he was there to try to figure out how this thing worked and everybody said this guy was full of shit and he was crazy but the new york wow. times released the story of this fighter pilot and the uh-huh. government acknowledged that it was true they have it you wow. can watch you can watch it on youtube you can see the cameras from the fighter jets the thermal imagery and like this, these things were actually actively jamming these fighter jets that wouldn't allow the jets to lock on to the, this thing. So it's like, wow. got some sort of technology, right? Yeah, that so is freaky. <laughs> the, the Pentagon just came out and released a statement that acknowledged and said, yes, we have in possession a craft that is not from this world. And we don't know what it is. And I think some of it is they've been investigating for fear like regardless if it's an alien or if it's yeah. another country, country if, yeah. if somebody's got this technology, we need to know who it is because it's dangerous Some, for us. Very. 
But I got to wonder, why are they releasing this information now? I don't know. You know, that's what I thought when, when you had said, I was like, maybe, maybe it could be another country that's doing this, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, it, I mean, if, if it's, if it's extraterrestrial life, that makes it even more, how do you defend? How do you defend against right? that? You know, how do you, what, what is the weaponry that you use to protect yourself against extraterrestrials? I don't know. So, yeah. so man, I am. I hope I didn't, I, I didn't, look this hope up. I didn't just ruin your no. weekend. <laughs> no, all you did, all you did was open my mind to some new things, man. I'm, I'm going to check this out. Yeah, like, look wanna, into it, brother. I'm curious now. Yeah. yeah it'll be good for me to know what. Maybe bouncing my, I'll be like, man, I, I text you some stuff. Like, man, I'm, this is what I ran into right here. So I, I'm gonna let you know for sure. Yeah, I, I, I indulge in a lot of crazy things, although I'm somebody who I like to look into all the different possibilities, but I usually have a right. pretty high standard of like, okay, I'll look into it. Yeah. This, this one holds up, man. It's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, when you, when you have um, people that, that confirming that they're confirming things. I mean that that's a that's a big deal. I think. Yeah, I think confirmation is a is a huge deal. You know, what I mean, when when someone confirms someone's telling the truth, I mean, now uh, now what that person says, you have to go back and really go back and look at what they said. You know, because mm-hmm. there are probably some things that we missed because you know we didn't believe that what he was saying was true. Think about it. We found out yeah. that there was this virus going around and like people panicked. I don't know if, if society could handle the fact that like, yo, we, yeah, you, we had some shit land and we, we don't know right. what's going on, but. Yo, you make a good point. Can, you know, they say, uh, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. You can't handle the truth. It's like, can, can we handle the truth? I don't know. I mean, even you telling me, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Like, wow, I know, I know you know, right? I know. Man. And I've, I've, I've told a couple of people, and like half of them are like, "Oh, you're full of shit," and I don't think they'll even go and look into it. And not because <laughs> no, they don't believe me, because they're, they're yeah. probably like, they I don't, don't want to, they don't want to look into it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you don't want to know about certain things, you know. A hundred percent. Yeah, agreed, man. Nah, brother. Well, I um, what's next for Mike? What do you so what so do you man, have in the pipes right now? Um, honestly, man, I just been I just been taking it easy. I just been trying to get myself as healthy as possible. Um, raise these boys up, get them as strong mentally and physically as I can. And you know that that's really it for right now. I don't I don't know I don't know what's next. You know I don't know what's next. You know my my biggest my biggest venture is just making sure I know myself um, thoroughly because. You know, playing playing a lot of sports and um, getting into the cannabis industry after that, and you know, I really didn't take time in my young life. I'm 29 now to really know exactly who I am. So I'm kind of for the next year or two, I'm kind of just making sure I know exactly who I am before I move into the next thing. Now it's man, that's it's so crazy. I um, do you know who Evan Britton is? Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, I, I you know I did um. The Mindful Warrior podcast with him and um, with him, what's my man? Uh, yeah, I did the Mindful Warrior podcast. I can't think okay. of his name right now, but yeah. I did a Mindful Warrior with Evan, and um, it was at his house. It was a few years ago, though. Okay, yeah, he's yeah. He's, oh, Nate Jackson. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I know yeah, who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's um. 
Evan is uh, Mike Tyson's co-host now for Hot. Yeah, Box. now he's on Hot Boxing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was his old podcast. Yeah, so I just had him on two podcasts ago. Um, oh, I just nice. released an episode, and we actually we spoke about that. You know, he coming out of the league. I think he spent six years in the NFL, mm-hmm. and he really yeah. he's same he as was very vocal about how he struggled coming out of the league and and dealt with some issues. And his big thing that he he talked about was finding himself like he was like and he, he said something that was really impactful he was like until you can really understand yourself and be able to put some distance between you and the world like right. and that that to me was so right. man it, it hit really heavily you know like right we get so entrenched and tied into social media and just right. life in general that right. i think you've got to I look at it kind of like an orb that's like floating. You got to have that force field around yourself as a way to kind of fly and not have the friction of, of the earth, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. I look at it almost like a, like it's like a force field of consciousness, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Where you're, you're able to know yourself, know your worth, despite uh, all the outside things that the world going to bring. And that's, and it's the world's going to, it's going to, life's going to happen, you know, but you got to, uh, you have to be very grounded. You have to have some distance between you and the world. I mean, I think that was a great way of putting it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that distance, it it helps you from taking from not taking things too personal. It helps you from yes. not it help it keeps you from getting your ego involved. It keeps you from uh, letting pride come in. Mm-hmm. That that distance, it, it gives you that area of consciousness where you can do those things. I agree. How much of that being a professional athlete? I mean, a lot of people around you they idolize the fact that you're this, you're this star, you're the man, you know what I mean? From your community, from your school, from your, from your your city that you're playing for. And then as you start to kind of make your way out, some people, they don't, now you're not that guy anymore to them. Right. You know what I mean? And you're, you were almost trying to balance that, you know, expectation that other people have made of you, not that you've made of yourself or that the ones that you really care about have made of you but you're almost fulfilling this outside perspective that they don't give a shit anyways. And it's like, well, at the end of the day, you probably hindsight, you look back and it's like, why did I give a shit about what any of those people thought of in, in the first place? But. Right. And I, and I think you make a, you make a really good point because I think that comes back down to like we just said about knowing yourself, you know, when you know yourself from the, from the, from the get go, mm-hmm. the, the opinions of others doesn't taint your view on yourself. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I think that's something I have grown to learn too. You know, when you're, when you're, a, um, you're a big athlete and you've been, um, you've been popular, um, and you've been afforded a life where people want to be around you, you have to stay grounded. You have to have that distance to know who you are, you know, and not let the opinions of others change who you are because the, um, people's opinions of you, they change, you know, like you grow, you know, they grow and, Sometimes that's a part, you know, so you have to be um, very valid and, and loving and knowing yourself in order to um, withstand those relationships and move through life accordingly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, that's, it's been the theme of the week, my friend. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to get more, more into that. I, I can, I'm guilty of it as, as everybody else is yeah. of getting too caught up in, into the toxic shit. And um uh, right. We all you know, that's been my my resolution ever since having my little guy I'm like how do i i gotta be a better version of myself 
Absolutely. And it, it starts with, with yourself and, and really trying to uncover, be ruthless, you know, ruthlessly introspective. Uh, right. How you right. live. Yep. I agree. Great point. Man. Yeah. So you're, you're getting some rehab done. What do you, um, what types of things outside of cannabis are you doing for health and wellness as far as like, yeah. So, um, I'm, what I, I've, I've now I'm, I'm totally pescatarian. So, I've, um, you know, I'm just, you know, seafood and veggies and rice and things like that. I try to cut out, um, dairy and things like that just because it, um, makes me slim and, and all those other things. So I've, I've changed my diet a lot. That has really helped. I mean, when I played, I was around 225 and right now I'm 185. So oh, wow. I've lost, you know, I lost a lot of weight, you know, when it came down to me retiring. So that, that has really helped my joints, really helped my mind, my, the nerves in my neck and back, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've damaged those pretty well. So now I'm just, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing some yoga, you know, every now and then, um, a lot of walking, um, you know, just mindful walking, you know, walking and meditating and things like that. And, um, mm-hmm. I just been getting into those things as of late to just free the mind. Um, like, um, Evan, and when I met him a few years ago, he was, he was, you know, getting into that a lot, you know, uh, like I said, that podcast was called a mindful warrior. Now he's a high boxing, but, yeah. um, he was getting into that a lot about, you know, just, a a mindfulness approach to life, you know, how can I be more conscious in this life? How can I really understand um, my purpose and live in that purpose each and every day? So um, I've I've picked up a lot of reading. Um, I've picked up a few books um, just so I can continue to find my way within those. So like I said, that's really what's next for me. Just make sure I conquer, um, conquer my own human being, my own, my own self. And therefore, I'll be ready for the world after that, you know? Well put. Yeah, man. <laughs> well put. Yeah. Well, man, I, I really appreciate you taking the time this afternoon. No problem. To on here, Anytime. Man. And um, I look forward to reconnecting and seeing where this Absolutely. journey leads you in the future. Yeah. Um, as far as everybody f- being able to find you and what you're up to on social media, at Mike James. Yep, just at Mike James real quick and easy. I, I wanted it to be very easy to be found. I know my name is very common. So <laughs> I was, blown, I, uh, yeah, I always was like, how the hell did he get that? I know that's everybody always say that. You know, I just say, uh, you know, people in high places and they <laughs> and you respect them and they respect you. They, they do some good things for you. <laughs> all right on, bro. So cool. Oh, shit. So, all right, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I look forward to being on this uh, this podcast again, man, and chopping it up with you, man. I really enjoyed this conversation. Definitely. Stay safe out in California and uh, be in touch. Thank you.